0: Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shana Sumawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Adriana join us from ClearPink. I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization.
1: Thank you Shauna, appreciate the invitation to the podcast. I am Adriana Romero and I am the go-to-market enablement manager for ClearBank. We're a fintech company based out of Toronto, Canada, and we provide non-dilutive capital for e-commerce businesses in currently five countries.
0: Well, I'm very excited to have you join us today. Um, I would love for you to explain to our audience a little bit about how the sales enablement function is structured at ClearBank.
1: Yeah, so at ClearBank, it's uh, we're a very small team. I have a team of two people that I call the go-to-market coaches. Um, they report into myself and I report directly into our senior vice president of go-to-market who has under himself the responsibility of sales, marketing, and partnerships. The beautiful part about our structure is that I am part of the leadership team, so I work every day very close with the leaders in all our three functions. And uh, my two coaches are basically designed to work with any of the functions on the floor. So the idea is that the coaches are able to identify gaps and work on you know, onboarding, always boarding and productivity across the board and go to market.
0: I love that. I love that. And I'd love to understand a little bit more um, because go-to-market coaches is a little bit of a a unique slant on this. So in your opinion, uh, what is the ideal structure for a sales enablement function and why have you uh, constructed yours in this way?
1: Yeah, so you know what, Shauna, I have, this is my third enablement function. And, to be honest, I don't think there is a perfect function that, you know, one size fits all. I believe it really depends on the company. Uh, I believe it depends on the buyer's journey that that company has and how enablement can kind of slide in. When I was in a bigger organization, it was, you know, a company that had a, a very wide range of products that were segmented in six pillars. So it made sense to have an enablement function that would, you know, kind of work with each one of those product marketing managers. And then there was like a main enablement function that would work on onboarding and everything that had to do with facilitation and workshops that were more oriented to skills development on the sales area. Then I worked in a very, you know, I would say a smaller startup. It was only me, and the main uh, function of enablement was to do coaching on a new sales methodology and to really have a precise and direct uh, onboarding process. The way and the reason why I have structured the role in ClearBank this way is that we have very defined structures in our sales, uh, in our sales functions, which has translated specifically to partnerships. So we have playbooks, scripts. And all that will require that the enablement function understands and knows how to work with everybody and how to coach to each one of them, mainly for a scalability purpose to help the managers and using the tools that we use in terms of revenue intelligence, in terms of other tools that we use as our CRM to identify where are the gaps on the floor and for us to work within what does our playbook says you know, what is the gap on the floor and how can we help the managers address it. It just makes sense for us to be able, you know, for all my team to be able to address everybody and for us to have a very, I would call it, you know, 360 function to all the roles that are nested underneath go-to-market.
0: I, I actually really love that approach. Um, I think that it um, is, is definitely a, a formal approach, so from your perspective, why is it important for sales enablement to take a more formal structure?
1: It is important to have structure because the only way you can coach and determine who is a a top performer and why a top performer is a top performer is to actually have a structure to benchmark from. It is very difficult when there is not a structure for the sales floor to understand what top performers are doing, and hence if you don't have a structure for the sales floor, and then you don't have a structure for sales enablement, we're really just running like chickens without our head, trying to solve problems on the floor all day, right? Um, And I think we can all identify with that in, in the enablement function that we all are trying to accomplish onboarding, always boarding a workshop, there's always a fire on the floor. And I had a very interesting director early in my enablement career who said, there's never emergencies in sales enablement. So if we have a structure, we can try to be more proactive than reactive, and then we know what we need to do to actually address the gaps on the floor.
0: I think that's fantastic. And uh, why, from your perspective, is it important for sales enablement leaders to have a seat at the table with that, that sales leadership team?
1: Well, because remember that one of the most, uh, and I'm pretty sure many of, the, of our listeners are going to feel very You know attached to the fact that it is difficult to get sales managers or sales leaders to comply to training because you know they're very focused on the numbers everybody's focused on making sure that things occur on the floor but if you're part of the decisions if you're part of sitting down with the leaders if you're working closely with your vp of sales or your cro and you report directly into them you are part of that team making the decisions, and training is just a natural solution that comes with everything else. So whatever playbook happens, whatever initiative happens, the enablement components becomes a natural part and arm of any sort of decisions that impacts the floor. And being in several enablement roles, and now that I have the opportunity to be part of that team, it has been a a more efficient way to make enablement more, you know, top of mind for people and for people to be more bought into the enablement, um, you know, initiatives and workshops that we do.
0: I'd like to dive a little bit deeper on that last Mm -hmm. point. How can sales enablement build a stronger partnership with sales leadership and and gain their support and and most importantly to what you just said, their buy-in?
1: So it is about credibility. So one of the things that I would say is you know, you have to demonstrate that what you're doing in terms of enablement you know, functions or workshops or any initiatives are backed up by the data that you have in the company and that you are backing up data in terms of numbers, in terms of gaps, and you're coming to the sales managers with an intelligent solution around, look, I'm not only thinking about implementing X, Y, or Z workshop is that, um, you know, we're seeing these trends on the floor and we, we believe that we can actually impact, you know, efficiency or performance or any metric by doing this. So a very good grasp on the data that your managers and your leaders have is very important understanding what are the levers and that data that you can pull and you can help affect in order to be more proactive and to be open to be reactive when the leaders need to and always kind of like to stand your ground and say this is important because and if you back up your initiatives with real you know consistent and solid information there should not be an issue with that and 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 i think that goes back to in many organizations, what happens when maybe enablement is reporting into people or reporting into HR or reporting into marketing or reporting into operations? I believe that can have, you know, that can give a bigger gap on how enablement can actually impact the sales floor. So those are type of things. But credit, building credibility with the sales leader is super important.
0: Absolutely, and I want. Wonder- talk a little bit more now about kind of some of the levers that you had mentioned Um, because you were actually recently included in a list of 100 sales enablement best practices and in that you said that sales enablement teams teams should have a variable component in line with sales results now why do you think that sales enablement should be incentivized in that way
1: because it is the only way that enablement will be aligned to the objectives of the sales floor If we're all aligned and we know that there's an initiative and one of the important metrics that we need to hit for, let's say, Q1 is based on, you know, X number of, you know, either people onboarded or people that should be following a new playbook or people that should be following, you know, some new activities. If enablement it doesn't have skin in the game, you will fall into enablement doing maybe analysis by you know paralysis analysis, thinking what is gonna be the better and perfect way to run a workshop, and I have seen a lot of people run into that, but if you have skin in the game, A, you're oriented and you're aligned with the sales leaders, B, you have the buy-in from the floor, and C, you understand and you drive a sense of urgency out of your enablement uh, team. And to be honest, it, this is the first role where I have had skin in the game in terms of this, and it makes my life, you know, better. And because I have a sales background, it was something that I was, you know, hungry for to be able to, to have uh, a variable component was very important for me. And the fact that now I have it and I'm able to translate that to my team makes us feel more connected to the dynamic of the floor as
0: well. I love that. I love that. Now, you alluded to a few, but in kind of our closing question, I would love to get some examples of sales metrics that you think are most important for sales enablement to be accountable to.
1: I think that there's, you know, I've always I've always read about what metrics some enablement teams use. Um, there's always you know if it's the amount of close, the close rate, the you know the conversion rate, depending on how you manage your your funnel and your pipeline it is definitely for me uh, one way that enablement can be measured it's a the effectiveness of onboarding is a very important one. not only if people actually depending on how you measure your onboarding you need to have, direct, relatable measurements around whatever the onboarding process is. We actually give people here at Clearbank, during our onboarding process, we give them very specific goals they need to hit, and a combination of those goals, we have a percentage that means that enablement did their work with onboarding. But then what happens with the always boarding and whatever happens after, you know, the 60, the 90 day, the after the 90 day, then I would say it's metrics more based on, you know, depending if it's, I manage, all the floors, so it's SDRs, account executives, and account managers. Depending on the metrics that they're measured on, where are we impacting? And usually it's directly on their activity metrics. So is there a conversion rate when they are doing any type of outbound activity? Is there any conversion rate when they're closing deals? It really has to work on what are the lagging and leading indicators that the sales floor has, depending on their product and their pipeline and their process, and to really do a very deep thought process of how is really enablement impacting any of those and how can you really measure what enablement is doing because that is always a challenge it's like you know managers are coaching enablement is doing workshops who really move the needle there has to be some sort of percentage where enablement can give themselves credit and saying you know for this metric I can hold myself accountable to at least half of that metric because this is, you know, this is what we were striving for in terms of our objectives. So it all, it all ties in. If you have objectives, if you're aligned to the floor, if you kind of like have to hit those objectives and you're measured, you can then come and say this is how enablement have, you know, has impacted the sales, the sales floor in, in this
0: way. I love that. I think that's a great way to think about uh, sales metrics that you should be, um, as you said, aligned to. Uh, Thank you. I really do appreciate your time, Adriana. Thank you for taking the time out to talk to us today. No, thank you, Shauna.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. I think that, you know, enablement is such an amazing function. It can be so diverse. It's still, I think, very new in a sense. Many people are just figuring it out. So anything that I can do to help the community of fellow members, always happy to share.
0: Thank you so much. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there is something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.